Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. And we're getting closer and closer to Star Wars Celebration. It is just a couple weeks away now, Jesse, which is very exciting. And we just got the season one finale of Star Wars Resistance, so we have a lot to discuss And there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out this month. March is a big Star Wars month. And Star Wars Destiny, it's a game by Fantasy Flight Games. They are producing a new set. And it's called Star Wars Destiny Convergence. And we have have a release date. And I don't know why they do this, but sometimes Fantasy Flight will wait like two weeks before stores are actually going to carry the new set of products before they even release a release date like normally it's months in advance for things when we know what's coming out and stuff but fantasy flight has their own way of doing things and march 28th the new star wars destiny convergence set is coming out and i love destiny it's one of my favorite games right up there with the wizards of the coast star wars miniatures game i just i just love everything about it and this set features some really cool characters we're getting Enfys nest we're getting Dengar, we're getting Bounty Hunter Asajj Ventress, which is going to be really cool. We're getting another Palpatine, we're getting Clone Wars Ahsoka, because up until this point we only have Rebels Ahsoka, now we're getting Clone yes. Wars. So it's going to be super, super cool. And we're also getting two new starter packs. One of them is going to be Obi-Wan, and we're going to have the General Kenobi. It's the General Kenobi version from Clone Wars. And then we also have the General Grievous version of the starter set, which is really cool. And they all come with different cards and stuff. And one of the really cool things about this set is that we're getting a Duchess Satine in the General Kenobi set too. So you can run a Satine and Obi-Wan deck, which will be pretty awesome. I would definitely be down to have an Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Satine, like, giant team i know you it like limits you but sometimes i just want to build like a whole episode yeah you know of like a team i want to max it out even more i don't know maybe we'll have to yeah. mess around and figure out a way to make a massive game where we can involve all of the clone wars characters yeah it might actually be possible if you wanted to do a satine obi-wan and ahsoka deck i'm not totally sure on that but it might be possible because I think they're all fairly low point values. But yeah, it's very exciting. And I've got I got a couple people from work hooked on it now. So they're buying a bunch of cards and we're we do game nights on Sunday nights now and we've been playing we've been playing Destiny and we've also got a convergence like open party. So we're gonna be when when the convergence set comes out, we're gonna buy a bunch of packs and go to someone's house and just open it and you know see what we got and trade and stuff like that so very exciting 
I also heard in these packs there's going to be all new cards, like not just a starter set with, you know, the same cards we've had, but there's going to be cards that, like, not only... Because a lot of the upgrade cards, they add dice to your character, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be cards that take it away and, like, put... Yeah. Yeah, they're introducing what are called downgrades this time. So, essentially, like... The way that the game worked before is you could, so if you have like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin on a team, you could give a lightsaber to one of them and then they would have an upgrade. So then you'd roll more dice with that character when you activate them. Now they're introducing downgrades. So it's a it's a card that you have in your deck, but you assign it to um, an opposing character and like that character will have one less health, like they'll be wounded or something, or there'll be a bounty on that character and... If you kill that character, then you get the bounty reward or something, you know. So it's more of a, it's a new type of card, downgrades, and you give them to your opponents and they hinder them. So it'll be cool to see what kind of, you know, different mechanic that adds to the game. Star Wars Battlefront has some new news too, Jesse. What do we got going on with that? Towards the end of March here, we've got a couple things coming up. We are going to have... This coming weekend, the 22nd through the 24th, there is going to be double XP on all battle modes. And then even more exciting is on the 26th of March, there's going to be a new game mode. And this is just reading straight from the community calendar. It says players will be able to fight across the surface of a planet and take down enemy capital capital ships to secure victory. And we're also going to get a new appearance for Count Dooku, which includes his sleepwear from the Clone Wars, which (laughs) sounds really silly. But if you go back and look, if you don't remember what his sleepwear looks like, he actually it's like a martial arts, really like. Yeah. Uniform almost. Um, These are from the episodes where, you know, Ventress is after him and she's doing all kinds of dark night sister voodoo on him. Um, but it sounds so silly, but I actually think it's kind of cool that they're pulling this random <laughs> yeah. thing from the Clone Wars. Because he, he does look cool in it. He doesn't look like he's, you know, wearing a nightgown or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's, you know, pink flannel whatever. <laughs> like it's pajamas it's, holding yeah. a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool, though, and I'm glad that this game keeps adding things. It's been, you know, a while since the game actually released, and it makes it fun because you get more every so often. It keeps you playing the game, and I this is the only game, essentially, that I play. Like, I've got a couple other games, but I really don't play them. There's just so much to do on Battlefront, and there's so many things to unlock. Yeah, it's going to take you a while to unlock everything, and I do my challenges every day. It's the first thing I do when I get up. I take the dogs out, I log on to Battlefront, I open my daily crate, and I try to get as many of my challenges done before I go to work almost every day. And if you do that, you get about 2,000 credits, just not even getting your credits from the game, but like like you know your accomplishments in a in a game mode or anything it's just completing your challenges you get credits and um so you get 2000 if you do all your challenges and open your open your daily crate every day and it adds up quick and the more credits you get the more things you can unlock and the more appearances you can unlock and stuff like that so to me this is I view unlocking things in Star Wars games as a part of my collection 
and people are like, what? But that's just, that's just how I am. I'm a completist and I like to unlock everything in the Star Wars games. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. You being a collector, but I'm waiting for, of this Clone Wars, you know, thing they've got going on in Battlefront. I think it'll get me more into it if they release Ahsoka and Ventress. Yeah. In an update. <laughs> well, That's I don't know. I hope they continue to do more updates and I hope they continue to add more stuff. As far as I know, this might be it. But again, I don't know anything. One of my coworkers was saying, oh, my, you know, someone's friend's brother's second cousin removed knows somebody who works for whatever. And they said they changed their cover photo on Facebook to Ahsoka and it was Anakin and they work on the game and so everyone's thinking oh Ahsoka could be next but I don't know who knows that could just be a bunch of mumbo jumbo (laughs) yeah but we'll have to see what's going on but yeah Battlefront I, I love it all right let's talk a little bit about Star Wars Celebration Chicago and we're only a couple of weeks away it's less than a month now And we all know what that means. There's a ton of information coming out related to the convention. And Jesse, essentially what I want to do on this episode is answer a couple questions from people who maybe this is their first celebration or maybe it's their first celebration in a while or they just have questions about the show in general. So um, we reached out and we've got a couple questions that some people wanted to ask. So we'll get to those in a little bit here. But before we do that, we got a bunch of announcements this week. First off, there's a new program where if you bought tickets for the show and you're no longer able to go, it's, a, it's an official way to sell and buy tickets. So obviously tickets up until this point have been sold out for every day except for Monday. And at this point, the mailing deadline Uh, where if you bought your tickets online, you could get them mailed to your house, uh, that has passed. So if you want to get tickets now for Monday, you can buy them at the door. But tickets for every other day, including kid tickets, have been sold out. So this is a great way. It's called Light. It's the Light Ticket Exchange. And if you go onto the Star Wars Celebration website and just type in L-Y-T-E, it'll bring you to the page and you can actually go directly to the Light Ticket Exchange and this is endorsed by Reed Pop and Lucasfilm and all that. But this is a great way if if either you were too late on getting tickets or need to get rid of your tickets is a great way to um, do that and feel secure about it. This is exciting because I feel like I'm talking to people who still don't realize that Celebration is coming to Chicago. And yeah. then they're like, oh, cool, I want to go. And I've just been like, oh, like, good luck. I think you can only go on, like, Monday now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so now I can go and tell people they still have a chance. Yeah. And what's cool, too, is that today, which is March 18th, that we're recording this, the tickets were sent out. A lot of them, if you check your email, ReadPop sent out a shipping message. So by the end of this week, people should be getting their tickets, which will be pretty cool. So 
if you go on the Star Wars Celebration site, you can actually find the different shuttle services that are going to be available. So if you're staying at a hotel that's actually not connected to the convention center, you can check out the shuttle service and the frequency at which they'll be at your hotel and things like that, which is definitely important because April in Chicago, is it's, it's not like Florida. You know, it won't be steaming hot or anything like that. So, you will you might, depending on what the weather is like, it could be 65. It also could be, you know, 35. 35. So, yeah. you don't, you never know. <laughs> it could snow. It happens yeah. regularly in April. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, kind of crazy. Also, the art print pre-orders, and I know we talked about this on one of our previous shows, they're done. So at this point, they are not accepting any more pre-orders for art prints. A lot of the pieces that were not sold out will be available for purchase at the show. And I can't remember if I said this on our previous show or not, but I believe most, if not all, the artists are required to keep at least 50 prints specifically for the show of every piece um, of of their officially licensed uh, Celebration Chicago pieces. So... I believe at least 50, 50 of every piece will be available. Uh, but don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. But if these art pieces are something that you definitely want to get, I highly recommend going there first thing on the first day that you're at the show to see what's available. Um, because some of the pieces I know did sell out. So, But yeah, art officially licensed Star Wars Celebration Chicago prints are no longer available for pre-order. Autograph send-in. So... Autograph send-ins are essentially for people who aren't going to be able to make it to the show. And there is a program where you can go on to StarWarsAuthentics.com. If you click on Celebration, there's another tab that um, says Mail-ins. And you can go through the list of all the celebrities that are going to be there. And you can um, choose to mail something in. And... This could be something, you know, it says mail in your poster, photo, or other small memorabilia item to get signed. So obviously I don't think they want you to send like a life-size TIE fighter to get signed by somebody. (laughs) But if you send something small or a poster or photo in, it's actually really cool. They have um, different options. You could do blue, black, silver, or gold for Sharpie. You can tell them where on your item you want to get signed. Wow. You know, so yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool what they're what they're doing. So if you want to get an autograph of some of these people that you could definitely you definitely know it's legit. All these people are going to be in the same the same building for, uh, you know, a long weekend. So everybody will be signing things like crazy. And this is a great way if you're not going to be at the show to get some of your cool stuff signed. Let's talk a little bit about merchandise. And that's one thing that's huge at Star Wars Celebration, um, just people buying things, money flying out of your pockets like crazy. And it was last week that we got the first wave of Celebration Chicago merchandise that's going to be available at the store. And this is really cool because the store has some stuff, you know, you might look at it and be like, hmm, that's an interesting choice. But then it'll be like 400 bucks on eBay the next after a couple weeks later because the store was impossible to get into. So there's a couple different things that they've released. They have released a Celebration Chicago logo mug with the Porg inside. So if you look at the outside of the mug, it just has the Celebration Chicago logo. But then 
inside the mug on the bottom is an image of a pork kind of looking up at you. Like if you get to the bottom of your coffee cup, it'll just be like, hey, this little <laughs> pork in there. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty That's cute. It's adorable. And then there's a exclusive 45-ounce Rancor Tiki mug with the Luke Skywalker muglet from Geeky Tiki. And uh, this is going to be, it looks pretty cool. It's orange, and I love Rancor, so I really want to get this. Um, there's also going to be a white and a gray Loth Wolf plush from Rebels. And they've done this, they, they did a Loth Cat at the last one. I think it was the last one. Um, which are pretty cool. And then there's also a Phantom Menace 20th Anniversary jacket, which has Darth Maul on the back, a huge Darth Maul head. So I think so far I really want to get the Darth Maul jacket and the Tiki mug. Those are my top two out of everything that we've gotten so far. And there will be more. There'll be a whole, usually anyway, there's a whole like web page where you can just scroll through all the exclusive merchandise and and uh you know that'll that'll usually happen like a couple weeks before the show or a week or two before the show so anytime now i would be guessing that we'll get more information on the on the official celebration merchandise and and typically that stuff you have to get into the celebration store to get which has a long line so that's a really that has such a long line that people aren't able to get in Right. Usually, is that sometimes. what you said? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, uh, the line at, uh, at Celebration 3, I wasn't able to get in. It was like seven hours long. You had to wait. Wow. Yeah. And then they've been getting better and better with it um, as the years go on. But still, I know some people who are in line for the store for four hours. So hopefully they have a good way of managing the line and getting people in and out. Because not only are you waiting in a long line to get into the store, but then checking out, even if they have 20 registers and 20 people checking people out, the amount of people that are in line is insane. So right. you get in there, it takes forever, you get your stuff, and then you have to wait again in another 45 long minute line to just check out. So it, yeah, it takes a while. Yes. And if you want <laughs> some of this stuff, I would recommend getting there early. And doing that first, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit as the, as we continue on here about time management, because there's no way you could do everything. And it, it really just depends on what you want to do most. So, but we'll get to that. So pin trading, and we've talked about this on our last couple episodes. So wave three was released just this past week and it was Hera and Kanan. And the pin set also comes with a t-shirt, much like the Anakin and Padme set as well. And the first set, which was the Phantom Menace line, it was $35. And I believe you can still, I believe if I'm not mistaken, you can still get all the pins. Um, as long as you're going to Celebration, you have to actually have bought a ticket for the event. They should all be available on the Pop site, which is pretty cool. Celebration guests, more guests were announced, and this is a huge guest list, Jesse. I mean, it just, it's like they're, normally they've been announcing guests on Wednesdays, but then the last two weeks they've also announced guests on Fridays, so our list continues to to grow. This week we actually got some behind-the-scenes guests, which is pretty interesting. Lauren Peterson was announced, and he was one of ILM's founding members who 
actually built some models for A New Hope. So that'll be pretty cool. Not necessarily somebody you see on screen, but somebody that Star Wars would definitely not be the same without him. Uh, Matt Denton, who worked on Rogue One, he was the electronic design and development supervisor, was announced. Josh Lee, who was the building supervisor and chief engineer for BB-8. So if you're a BB-8 fan, you are pretty much in dreamland going on right now. We have Josh <laughs> Lee, who was the, who was just announced, who had just said what he does, the building supervisor and chief engineer. We also have David Chapman and Brian Herring all coming, who all worked on BB-8 and were either puppeteer or whatever. So we've got a lot of BB-8 people coming. Lee Towersy, who was the builder for R2-D2 in the sequel trilogy. That's really cool because I actually got to meet him once at Rancho Obi-Wan. He came by and it was just him and his family for a tour, which was really cool. Very, very nice guy. I highly recommend meeting him. Uh, Hugh Quarshie was announced, who was Captain Panaka in Episode 1. And again, they're, they're continuing to announce these Episode 1 guests, which is really cool. So you know... A bunch of them are going to be at the Episode 1 panel. We got some more people for Star Wars The Clone Wars. We have Katie Sackoff, who's Bo-Katan in Clone Wars and in Rebels. Forrest Whitaker was probably the biggest name that was announced um, since our last show. And obviously he was Saw Gerrera in Rogue One and Rebels. Annabelle Davis, who's Thromba in The Force Awakens, who we can see on, I believe, Maz's Castle. Just one of the background characters. And then Bobby Moynihan was announced, who's Orca in Resistance. And then the only uh, original trilogy guest that was announced was Penny McCarthy. And she is a background character in the Cantina in A New Hope. She's the Deveronian, Deveronian alien. And it's gonna it's a crazy name. So Cardu Sai Malik, which is also known as Labria. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot easier, that one. (laughs) But one of the cantina aliens in the background, that's that's super cool because that's one of the most iconic scenes in film history to have somebody that was actually there. That's pretty awesome. I wonder with all these behind the scenes people, um, if there's going to be like a like a making of the Star Wars panel or something where these guys will be able to like actually talk and yeah you know tell a crowd how they worked it on it it seems like what they did cuz that'd be interesting yeah it seems like a a big portion of them have to do with droids and like models and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it'd be cool if it was a droid and model yeah. panel or something yeah and speaking yeah. of panels We got two new panels that were announced, um, and I'm sure many of you could guess what they are, but on Friday, the Episode 9 panel was announced, and this is going to be very, very interesting because it's going to be like first thing in the morning on Friday, but Episode 9 panel officially announced for Friday, which is pretty awesome, so can't wait for that. Well, I'm sure we'll get a trailer and the title, hopefully. Right. And probably like a, a teaser poster or something like that. I know in the Star Wars show they mentioned special guests. So yeah. I'm wondering if like basically whoever they can get that doesn't have to do any like reshoots or anything. Mm-hmm. They'll 
you know, just show up at the last minute. Like they can't announce anyone because they're not sure what they'll, who they'll need. But I wonder if there will be. Yeah. Actors well, I, that will surprise us with. I feel like there will be. Typically, there's a lot of the main cast there, and the main guy, his name's Mark from Tops and Star Wars Authentics. He basically said that none of the main cast will be there, but Tops only works with people getting autographs and photo ops. Mm-hmm. So my guess is they don't even have any idea about who's going to be there for panels. I wouldn't be surprised if they're clueless. So, yeah, right. I mean, if if Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and J.J. Abrams show up, I won't be surprised. It'll be awesome. So I, I really hope that happens. It'll be really cool. I feel like this panel is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Like, I'm going to kill myself yeah. to get into this panel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge was announced for Saturday. So there's going to be a cool Galaxy's Edge panel, which obviously now we have the release dates and it's coming up quick. So we'll get a lot more on that coming up in that panel for Saturday as well. But all right, let's talk a little bit about how to get the most of your celebration experience. And this is when I want to kind of address some of the questions and Jesse, I told this before I told you this before we start. If you have any questions as well, since this is your first celebration, please feel free to ask. This will be my eighth celebration. So I feel like I got a good grasp on how everything works. And you know, obviously this is a brand new one in a brand new year, so things may change a little bit, but typically everything's been relatively the same since it started with with you know, a couple things changing here and there, but so I know we've been talking about celebration for a little while now and we have resistance to get into. So I'm not going to make this too long. And if you guys have any questions about this, feel free to email them to us or write us on social media. But I did have a list of a couple things that I wanted to make sure that I told everybody because these are some things after being at celebrations a bunch of times that I wish somebody had told me for my first one packing Definitely make sure to bring your chargers, your cameras, and your portable chargers. I have a portable charger that I always do. So like if I have my phone on me all day Thursday, I have one of the portable chargers. So my my phone will be all charged up for Friday. Especially if you're like us and we post a lot on social media for twin sons and things like that. Or we're sending pictures back and forth to family or people who aren't there. You're going to want to make sure that you have your, your phone or your camera or whatever handy so I highly recommend um, your chargers and your portable chargers. Celebration order confirmations. So this is going to be like everything that you've purchased for autograph tickets. Uh, because when you buy an autograph ticket through the Epic Photo Ops, you get a printable version of your ticket. Bring that and just keep all that stuff together. And if all that stuff is just scattered everywhere right now, get it all together. Hotel confirmations. Uh, flight confirmations if you're coming in from out of town, ticket confirmations for autographs, cancel bike night confirmations, just clump all that stuff together and put it all in a folder. And if you can, put it in the order that you'll need it, which will make it a lot easier to, to get it out of your folder and in the right area. And you recommend people printing it instead of having it like digitally on their phone or whatever? Either way works. I personally like a paper copy just so I can hold it in my hand versus trying to go through a bunch of different tabs. I've got close to 20 people that I'm getting autographs from right now. 
So I'd, I'd have to like scroll through emails because the emails that you get are, I guess you could, I guess you could take a screenshot of it and then have a folder of screenshots, but, um, True. yeah, I don't know. Whatever way you want to do it, just have an organizational system in place and you can access something right away when you need it because nothing's more frustrating when somebody asks for something and you spend 20 minutes trying to look for it. In so, an already super long line. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, if you are getting things signed or you have a collection and you want to keep things nice, I highly recommend getting poster tubes or 8x10 hard plastic sleeves or star cases for action figures or things like that. Especially if you're going to be going on a plane or whatever, you're going to want to make sure that your things don't get damaged during transportation. I'm very lucky that we got a hotel that's connected to the convention center, so I won't have to take my stuff outside. Because like we talked about earlier, who knows what the weather's going to be like. So um, if you do have to go outside to get from the convention center to your hotel, make sure you have the proper protection for your collectibles. If you're going to be spending this amount of money on your collection and things you're getting signed, you don't want it ruined in the rain or the snow or the wind or whatever. So just make sure you get proper like collectible protection merchandise. And there should be some places at the show that, that sell some of the 8x10 sleeves and things like that, but I highly recommend getting a poster tube if you have a poster um, that you're planning on getting signed or you're getting artwork that is going to be rolled up or things like that so but yeah make sure to bring that stuff if you have swag to trade like pins or buttons or patches or anything like that coins i highly recommend bringing those because there'll be a lot of people that want to trade if you're in the 501st or even if you're not and you like collecting trading cards a lot of people are going to be trading trading cards and you know things like that in lines and you'll meet other friends and trading is huge at celebrations uh there's a lot of swag parties and stuff like that that happen throughout as well snacks snacks are important i know for me i am the most grumpiest person in the world if i don't (laughs) if i don't eat at celebrations it's a little bit different because i typically my adrenaline's going so much i'm like oh panel oh autograph oh exclusive oh this 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 (laughs) and i'm going crazy that i don't even think about eating but like if you don't eat, then that's not good. So I highly recommend gum and snacks and things like that that you can bring with you in your backpack and for overnights when you get hungry and, and stuff like that. So granola bars, chips, you know, just some things that you can keep on you that's quick that can curb your hunger. So if you've got snacks you can bring, I'd bring those. I'm a I'm a huge believer in con crud. It happens. You're going to get sick with being around that amount of people. And um, a couple weeks before the convention, I'd even start next week, start juicing up, you know, have your orange juice (laughs) and your vitamin C, your emergency powder, start juicing up. Build the immune system. Yep. (laughs) Definitely. You're going to be sitting on the floor. You're going to be around a million people. It's, you know, I would definitely start with that. Also, I heard emergency or like vitamin C it doesn't help it doesn't help get rid of a virus if you have one it just helps prevent it so it's more of a preventative mm. than a fighter of already existing viruses i don't know but i would definitely recommend emergency and vitamin c leading up to the show for sure 
So the last thing I want to talk about before we go into resistance is how to just organize your agenda. And, you know, the main thing is leading up to the show in another in another two weeks, we should have a floor plan layout where everything's going to be. We should have a day for all the panels. We should have times for everything that's going on. And when that happens, I would recommend printing everything out and highlighting everything that you want to do. And then make a list of all that stuff and then see if everything's going to be doable because there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that you're not going to be able to do everything. So pull out everything that's going to be your priorities. See if that's going to work. If not, you're going to have to start getting rid of some stuff. It's just all about time management. And some of the fun is not planning anything and just seeing where celebration takes you. You know, sometimes there'll be a last minute thing that you want to do. And sometimes, and what they've been doing the past few is StarWars.com has a live stream the whole time. It's like going on forever. So you could go watch stuff that they have on, on the live stream stage. They'll have guests on there. They'll do a bunch of cool stuff with uh, Anthony Carboni and Andy Gutierrez. It'll be awesome. So you could just sit there for 20 minutes and watch whatever's going on there. There'll be crowds of people around there just shopping. It's just, it's whatever you want to do. Just plan out your priorities. The main exhibit hall will be massive, but that's, it's, it's going to be like C2E2, Jesse, or any other convention. You have the main exhibit hall, but then the panels will be somewhere else. There'll be a lot of people in costume. There'll be photo shoots of people in costume. It's going to be a ton of stuff. So the biggest thing is organize your priorities and then try to stick to that plan if you have some must-see things on there. You will miss out on exclusives. You will miss out on some panels you wanted to see. It's just inevitable. You can't do everything. So that's, I guess that's the main point. You can't do everything. Just do what you want to do first. And we'll talk a little bit more about everything there is to do and stuff like that on our next episode when some of that, more of that information gets out. All right, so that'll bring us to Star Wars resistance and we made it jesse we made it season one in the books and that's pretty exciting i loved it i love how resistance is going and there's a lot of great stuff in this so as always you know we don't want to be the ones to spoil you so if you're not into spoilers or haven't seen it yet then tune out for a while but this was this was awesome i loved how this ended what do you think of the ending for for season one I I really loved it, and it really solidified, I think, the show in my heart and yeah. made me ready for so much more than I was, you know, when we were slowly watching towards the middle and stuff. This this ending, you know, made me want more. I'm, I love this show. Yeah. Visually, everything just looked amazing to me in this, in this last episode. I loved how when the aces all kind of got together and they started flying upwards and sort of like that circular formation, you could see all the jet streams coming out of their ships. Yeah. It was just, it was a beautiful sight. And with the music and everything, like I loved it. Yeah. I felt like the Colossus turning on its hyperdrive and like the big blue beam going up from Niku, like that was some really cool animation for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we got a lot of, some things that we expected and some things that we didn't expect in this episode. This episode really made me feel for Kaz, especially when they released Doza and Yeager from the cell. And Yeager first finds out, and he's like, I'm so sorry. And you could just see 
the pain mm-hmm. on Kaz's face and stuff. You know, I thought that was that was very interesting and adds a lot of depth to Kaz's character. We've been getting a lot of depth with Tam and everything that's been going on with her, but now we're getting that depth from Kaz and we're getting the the pain and more background stuff about him and and everything. I I love it. I that really makes me feel for Kaz on the inside. Yeah, and I just I feel like in this episode, I mean throughout the entire show, obviously all these characters have been growing, but for Kaz this episode really hits for me as him just like becoming like a confident and driven member of the resistance like not that he wasn't you know a dedicated member or anything like that before but he's just i feel like he's gained confidence in himself and now he has you know a new light in the fire to be part of this you know it's not just like oh poe dameron said i'd be good at this it's like he has like a real connection to the cause and to want to fight the first order now and i feel like we really saw that fire light in him in this episode yeah it really makes you feel like this is their own rebel cell, their own cell of the resistance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. I felt the same way. Now, Tam, she provided an interesting dilemma. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of Tam's choice? Both hands were sort of extended, and they were both, you know, obviously Yeager calls her Tam. Agent Tyranny calls her Tamara, which is, I'm assuming, her full name. Yeah. Um, but it's it's clear they want to show the difference between the two sides. But Tam made that choice. She made that choice. She she told off Yeager and told off Kaz and told them that they were lying to her and how could they do that and you promised me a better life and stuff like that. She really she really hit some points that, you know, clearly shows what she's feeling and made that choice to go with the first order. Yeah, I I had been watching Tam's face like this whole time that she's been with with Agent Tyranny and trying to read her and figure out what she's thinking. And she was really hard to read for me. Yeah. But in I just think all she knows is that, you know, her family grew up, you know, trusting in the Empire and probably the First Order and it's and she has been had trust in them in the from the beginning and all she knows right now for sure is that her friends lied to her and everything they've been doing around her they've been hiding from her so i understand i've been trying really hard to understand tam because she was making me mad but i think i (laughs) i i think i understand because i mean if if you had all these people doing what, you know, they're colluding with pirates, you know? Like, it's, it doesn't seem, from the average person necessarily, it doesn't seem like they're doing good, you know? They're fighting a military presence, which in the eye of the average person who doesn't maybe know about the issues going on in the galaxy, that's a bad thing to be doing. And they mm-hmm. all did it behind her back without her knowledge. They did not really try too hard to inform her on the issues. And they just kind of went on without her. So I kind of get why she would lose trust in them. And between the two choices, like, who do you pick? The people who basically lied to you that you thought you could trust and you've just found out you couldn't because they've been doing all this shady stuff behind your back. Or 
a military presence who, in your mind, has, you know, banished the pirates from the Colossus and is just trying to pull everything back together. It, if you only know the surface of each situation, it kind of makes sense. Right. Well, my thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point, not including the First Order, the only people on the Colossus that know that Starkiller Base destroyed a bunch of planets is Kaz and Tora, and the people that they've told, which are Yeager and Doza. Yeah, that's, that's it. How I so see at it. this point, Tam doesn't know that the First Order just destroyed the New Republic. Right. Right. So, yeah. me personally, I I've felt from the beginning. Even even when Tam had has had her doubts about the resistance and and uh, Kaz and Yeager and everybody, I still feel from the bottom of my heart that Tam will come around in the end. Because they've made us like her character, and they've 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 given her character a purpose on the Colossus, and she's always been the one that's that's been there to ask questions, you know. Yeah. And, and now, like, she's, she's just going off of what her family's told her or what, her, what she grew up in and not what her friends are telling her. And if she starts to ask questions and challenge Tierney, I think that she'll quickly realize what side she needs to be on. I don't know. I have a bad feeling that the next time we see Tam, she'll be in a tie. Oh, really? And we'll be fighting so? against her. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Especially since she's been given that, that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be pretty... If you trust these people, and from the way Agent Tyranny is treating her, and from the way we've seen First Order, you know, enlistees, and Empire enlistees be treated in the past, they aren't always given the full picture. So do you think um, that she's a lot of propaganda? <laughs> do you think that she she won't come around then? I think she she probably will, but I think it's gonna maybe take the whole next season, and I think that she's gonna be either just starting to train with the first order or be like a full like you know grunt soldier yeah. in some way in a tie probably since she's a pilot. Yeah. Well, when I was watching this um, with my girlfriend, she was like, I'm really disappointed in Tam's storyline. And I was like, really? Like, I, I like Tam, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm disappointed in her storyline. I think it's just an opposing view of the war. Like, we've talked about this yeah. in multiple times. It's just what she believes. And that's, you can't fault her for going off of the Empire providing food for their family. Right, and I think it's it's something interesting even when you're thinking about history, like, you know, horrible leaders who have popped up, you know, way back in the day and done horrible things. There's people behind them to make that happen, and it's just interesting to see what these people see and what makes them follow along because it doesn't make everyone involved necessarily a bad person. There's just a lot of, like, collusion and propaganda and you know all kinds of things that they hide from the people in their 
you know, service. So I don't think you can totally discount someone for getting wrapped up in it. Um, I don't know. I think it makes her more interesting. Like I was also really disappointed in Tam for a while. I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this girl isn't trusting her friends. Like how ridiculous that you just wouldn't trust your friends, but they totally left her out. Yeah. And I, I'd be really, you know, I'd feel betrayed too, even though they didn't like betray her in any way that, I mean, they did. They put her in danger by not telling her what was going on by not, by just having this rebel cell on her home somewhere. She, she was just, her dream was to just be a racer. And now she's wrapped up in this whole thing that she never wanted to be a part of. And in her eyes, they're, you know, the bad guys. She you might still care about them, but to Tam, like she's a headstrong girl that isn't easily swayed. And I think that's something to admire, even though it's, she's, you know, on the wrong side right now. I mean, she was always on that side. It's not like the First Order just now, like, you know, swindled her. She, she's she been on their side from the beginning, just thinking that they were there to, you know, they're the police. They're just there to protect us. Yeah. And her friends, you know, surprise. You know, if you just found out your friends were, like, in some extremist group to, like, go against the people who you thought were the police in your neighborhood, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was not trying to get mixed up in all this. You guys are crazy. I'm yeah. over here, you know, like, and if you, you didn't really know what the cause was and what they're fighting for, you just all of a sudden find out. I feel like it's not a totally unrealistic reaction. It'll definitely be interesting to see where Tam ends up and what her story has in store. Um, Cause she's, she's a character that I think a lot of people can look up to for doing what she feels is right. And like you said, a lot of her qualities are admirable. You know, hopefully hopefully she just comes to terms with everything that's been going on and hopefully one day she'll have something click in her brain and, and she'll join the good guys. Yeah, she's smart. I think she will eventually. Yeah. But I have a question for you about Tam. Do you think if they had told her around the same time that like kind of Niku got involved and Tora got involved, if she would have found out around the same time as those guys, do you think she would have ratted them out and got them in trouble earlier or that she might not even be in this situation and she would just be helping her friends? So when they had that, that conversation over the dinner table or whatever, that was all before everybody found out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she got kind of angry at the fact that Yeager and Kaz were talking crap about the First Order. So I think if, yeah, I, I still think if they would have told her earlier, it would have, I don't know if she would have ratted them out, but she definitely would have not helped them or not been as nice or something. I don't know. Because she... Yeah, I think because she always wants to like if they knock a stormtrooper out, she's like, oh, well, we got to wake him up or whatever, you know, and I think she she definitely she wants to do what she feel is right. So if she feels like Kaz and Yeager are the enemy or are a threat to the First Order in any way, I feel like she would have she would have done something. I don't know. I think if they would have sat her down and said, 
and had a conversation before the whole first order or like if she found out you know maybe when Kaz first showed up or something maybe it would have been different I don't know but after the conversation they had about the first order at the dinner table that day it's just hard for me to picture her not wanting them in trouble right I feel like I keep going back and forth with it because it's like she kept saying stuff, you know, when they were, you know, knocking out stormtroopers and dragging them into yeah. the depths of the Colossus. She kept saying that it wasn't right and that they should tell someone, but then she still didn't, you know, at that time tell anyone. She still felt secure enough in her friends and what was going on to not totally just go running to the First Order. Yeah. So I feel like... If they had, you know, more slowly introduced her to to their cause and to the resistance, you know, from that point on and, you know, maybe Eager told her a little bit about, you know, his fighting the rebellion and why he did it and what he did and how important it was that she might have not been in this position in the first place. I think she I think she has enough trust in Yeager that if he really get, had the time to explain to her that she would maybe have understood a little bit and you know maybe she wouldn't be totally wanting to be involved in the resistance but I don't know if she would have just straight up ditched them for the first order if he would have gotten her a little bit more involved yeah well Tam's story is definitely interesting and I can't wait for season two to see what happens with her but We did get a lot more information on a lot of things in this episode, Jesse. This is the first time in 20 years since the station of the Colossus has been mobile, which is really interesting. I'm surprised it worked as well as it did after 20 years in the water. That's pretty cool. But it worked, and they're now on their way somewhere. We don't know where. Originally, it was going to be Dakar, but clearly the coordinates weren't put in there, right? So we'll talk a little bit in a little bit about where you think it's going. But we got the return of Aunt Z and Hype Phazon, which was really cool. And I have to admit, Jesse, at the beginning of this episode, when the TIE Fighters are sort of surrounding Kaz and his friends... I was like, oh, man, I bet you the pirates are going to come back. And it turned out it was Aunt Z and it was Hype Phazon who came to destroy the TIE Fighters and kind of save the day, which is really cool. What do you think about them coming back? And is there a little bit of a romance going on with Aunt Z and Hype? Or at least on Aunt Z's part? (laughs) Do you think so? Why? She, like, jumped at him and was giving him kisses and everything and... She's always like grabbing him and hugging him. She's oh my God, like, I must oh. have blacked out. I <laughs> she like jumped on him and she went airborne and like fell on top of him. And I was like, oh, oh, my, oh my gosh. Yeah. What's going on here? She's just really excited. They've been locked in a compartment together for a long time. Yeah, I guess. On their little ship. I don't know. I was kind of really hoping they brought Maz with them, but. Yeah, that would have been cool. It's okay. Next time. Next time we'll see Moss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. And, and I was definitely expecting the pirates to come because we saw Sonara um, sort of listening in on that transmission that they the pirates intercepted um, with Kaz. And I was like, oh, the pirates are going to come back and, and help the resistance. And then Aunt Z and Hype did. And sure enough, when the pirates came at the end and Kaz is like, oh, no, not right now, not right now, not right now. I was like, Pfft. Kaz, relax. They're gonna. They're here to help you, you know. And <laughs> sure enough, they were. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I want that was pretty more cool. Pirates. I want to know 
you know, how Sonara went from being, like, belittled by them to, like, basically leading them to help fight the Colossus. Like, I hope in season two we get more of that, like, dynamic and hierarchy now that they're kind of joined forces. Yeah. Well, it looked like the pirates were on board the Colossus as it was going yeah. through hyperspace. So they're now on the Colossus. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, you know, what the dynamic is like amongst themselves and how they interact with everybody that's on the Colossus right now. So it'll be cool to see. We get Star Destroyers in this one, which is pretty awesome, firing on the Colossus. And it looks like Von Reg is dead, right? Unless that was a different yeah. red pilot. No, I think he's done. I think Kaz got him. I think that was Von Reg. Blew up. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. So do you have any thoughts on where you think they're going? You think they're going to show up around Dakar or do you think they're going somewhere else? No, I think they're strategically not going to Dakar um, due to the fact that they're going to have to evacuate from Dakar shortly. So mm -hmm. it would be kind of silly to even put them there. You'd just be rewatching. The Last mm -hmm. Jedi, but but yeah, no. I hope they're just somewhere near where they can maybe like, you know, meet up with Leia off world and get transmissions and little mini missions from her to help them out just somewhere so it still feels like we're in the line of you know the end of the Force Awakens, beginning of the Last Jedi, or yeah, beginning of the Last Jedi. So we kind of like keep in pace and get to you know feel like we're part of that timeline if that makes sense yeah i had a thought too what do you think about and i guess i don't remember if they went into hyperspace when they went to tehar that planet but mm. what do you think about them going like around tehar and then that's because the kids are on the colossus too and it might be an interesting twist to kind of go back to their home world with the kids on the colossus um, to, you know, have the kids have more of an impact because there's a lot more to yeah. those kids than we've got going on, Kel and Nayla. So, I mean, maybe they oh, won't yeah. go there now, but because it didn't seem like Poe and Kaz had to go that far, really. I don't mm -hmm. know. But, yeah, yeah. What a, I feel I like we'll get... be an option. Yeah, I feel like we'll get more with those kids and I feel like we're going to find out this is just me totally speculating, but I feel like we're going to find out that they are, or one of them, most likely the little girl, is Force-sensitive, um, mm -hmm. and that we're going to maybe start finding other Force-sensitive children, just like on the outliers of the galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. I just keep waiting for that to be a part of something. Ever since that <laughs> last scene in The Last Jedi, I am just waiting for all these kids and people who are out there just being born with the force and nothing being done about it i'm just keep waiting for them to get pulled into yeah. something so that'd be kind of cool if we got to touch on that in the show a little bit yeah well the force is such a huge part of star wars and even you know force sensitive beings and things like that and even in rogue one yeah we had vader but originally lyra was going to be force sensitive um lyra urso and then mm -hmm. that got nixed and they wanted to have the Guardians of the Wills and, you know, people like Chirrut who sort of like worshipped the Force and believed in the Force and stuff like that. And so that was sort of like the Force presence in Rogue One. And I guess with Solo, we didn't get a, a ton of it because Han doesn't believe in the Force all the way up until 
you know episode four so i think we I mean, we get them all but that's such a small part of that movie that it's, you know it's not it doesn't make any sense really to my point but i think that there will be something in resistance related to the force and whether it's the kids or you know somebody i don't know well at this point we might not see kylo or anybody like that so who knows who knows what will happen but i think it'll be pretty cool if they introduce some kind of force sensitive beings or things like that to the show but yeah it's pretty awesome any final thoughts just on this episode i did really love how much if you go back and look at the cat as eager dynamic and how much it's changed from episode one like don't bother me kid to oh i need to get something done i know who i'm gonna call kaz yeah like (laughs) like i just thought that was so cool to get that full you know build of trust with these two over this entire season and it just totally culminated in eager fully trusting and having confidence that he was going to call Kaz and Kaz was going to help him get what he needed done. And it just right. warmed my heart. Yeah. I love the two of them. And clearly if they're working together and with the the skills that they have, they're going to be a pretty unstoppable team uh, defending the Colossus with all their, the fireball and everything like that. So it'll be pretty cool. And I think we'll get a lot more of Yeager and his history and maybe more with him and his brother Marcus and things like that as we continue with season two. Because um, there's a lot more backstory on a lot of characters that we don't know yet. Still Doza with his Imperial past we don't know too much yeah. about. Um, so there's a lot more that they can explore in the next season. Which kind of brings me to my next point. We're one season down with Star Wars Resistance. And I guess... I'll give my opinion first, and then we'll get yours, Jesse. Um, humans are, by nature, creatures of habit. We do a lot of the same things a lot of days in a row, um, some more than others. I'm very much so a creature of habit. I do a lot of the same things all the time. Um, <laughs> but change is a lot of times difficult for a lot of people, and when you get new characters like Kazuda and Tora and Doza and Yeager and Tam and Niku and Bucket and all these new characters. Sometimes it has a little bit of a sour taste or, uh, you know, feels too different sometimes. And when you change animation or things like that, it, it's going to it's gonna take a little bit of getting used to. But I feel like that was kind of the case with Rebels. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I went through some of my old posts the other day and I saw some people bashing the crap out of rebel season one and it was amazing to me but again a change in animation a change in characters no one knows anything about sabine ezra kane and hera zeb in season one you know but i guarantee you you watch that series all the way through get to season four and when certain things happen you're gonna have tears coming down your cheek because of the emotional stress it brings to your body you know, because of everything that happens. And I feel like you cannot judge a book by its cover. And I am so happy with the way that Resistance finished out for season one. Very happy. I agree. And I remember, you know, not being too crazy about Rebels for the majority of season one. Um, 
I remember being that person, being like, yeah, I don't know if I like this, but I'm I'm here for it, I guess. Um, and yeah. I think I was like that in the beginning of Rebels too, but or sorry, in the beginning of Re- Resistance too, but but I went into it knowing that I was going to eventually love it, just like I eventually loved Rebels because the great part about it being a TV show is you don't have to fall in love with everybody in two hours. You have an entire season and multiple seasons to that we get to explore these characters and it's just going to keep getting, we're just going to keep getting more invested as time goes on. And just how much my opinion of the show has changed from episode one to now, like I'm already, I don't know. I, I wish I could go back and let, think about how I felt exactly but yeah. I feel like I've exponentially fallen in love with these characters way more um, and that's just to be expected out of any new series especially where it's slow building and you only have 20 minutes to get to know right. these guys in each episode it's we're just going to keep getting more and I think it's going to keep getting better yeah and I'm not trying to I don't want to compare like resistance to Game of Thrones or anything but if there is a show like that where you have characters getting an hour long to develop themselves it does make it a lot easier to develop characters quicker you know over mm-hmm. weeks weeks time when it's 22 minutes it it makes it a lot it's a lot harder to fit it in and I get why they're doing it you know the half hour time limit and everything that they have the time block for the shows and you know it's generally geared towards younger audiences who can't sit it still as long and i get all of that but i think now when i go through my marathons and watch just watching resistance straight through you know as we talked about multiple times on the shows on our previous shows it's going to be it's going to be so much so much better just watching everything binge watching through it all i think it's going to be awesome yeah. so um I, I'm given a resistance and uh, a thumbs up. Um, yeah. I, I love it. And I, I, I'm glad season two has been confirmed and can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, and I just loved the end shot of season one and seeing Kaz looking out with a big group of people behind him just in contrast from the very end shot of episode one. Um, where it was just Kaz and BB-8, you know, looking off the edge of the Colossus and being like, holy wow, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And to end the season just being like, this is how we're going to do it with all these people, all these connections Kaz has made um, just from being his own goofy, you know, not a conventional spy guy. And he mm-hmm. made it work. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. And it'll be great to see what happens next. Um get more character development with Kaz and and how it all plays out. But that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Twin Suns Transmission. If you have any other questions about Star Wars Celebration or want to give us your input on the season finale of Star Wars Resistance, which was called No Escape Part 2, we'd love to hear from you on that stuff. Um, and Jesse, you can uh, tell our listeners where they can find us on social media and ask us questions if they'd like. Yeah, you can Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. 
All right. And if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can also find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side, and you'll see all of our shows on there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app, which can be accessed through the Google Play Store. And if you like our show, you think we're pretty wizard, you can leave us a good review on any of those platforms. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Twin Suns Transmission. You've been listening to episode 136. And we'll be back again soon, probably at least once or twice before celebration. And there will be more guests supposedly announced. Um, a lot more excitement related to celebration. And we'll be back again soon. But for Eric and Jesse, thanks again for listening to Twin Suns Transmission. And may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Yeah.